0: John Platton played more than 250 games for Hawthorne at 170 centimetres and 70 kilograms. That's 5 foot 7 inches and 11 stone in the measures we old-timers know best. It was a tribute to his bravery and resilience in an era where the football ground was a battlefield, but there was a price. Welcome, John. Hey, Mike. How are you? I've... Uh, calculated your games at probably 400-plus given Central District, Hawthorne and Rep games. Yeah. Uh, And the way you played, there must have been a physical toll.
1: Oh, it was. Um, I suppose that's the way we played it back in those days, uh, in the 80s and 90s. Um, Yeah, I I won't take it away from that. That's uh, how we were probably brought up to be. I think that uh, you had to be uh, all those... Faxes, you know, you've got to be quick, you've got to be hard, you've got to be skillful. So, um, nothing much changed now, but uh, that's yes, what happened. Yes,
0: because it's much more, I mean, they were able to target you a lot more than they would today.
1: Oh, yeah, look, there's no question about that. I was, you know, tagged every game. <clears throat> I went through a stage where, uh, you know, I could know what team I was playing and what tag was coming to me. So, yeah, and that was even, even back when I was playing with Central Districts back in Adelaide in the, the Sanford League as well. So, and then it grew through to the VFL, AFL, yeah.
0: You did a story with Mark Robinson a couple of years ago and said you estimated that you'd been concussed or suffered a level of concussion probably 40 times
1: in your career. Yeah, it was around there. Look, it's hard to put a number on it, but um, play for 18 seasons and I would probably have been concussed uh, probably twice a year, so that's 36 times. So if you you look at that, and you, you know, I probably didn't think of that in a in a bad way, but you know, when you when you add it all up and what what Robe said about it, um, it, it is something which is, you know, pretty scary because uh, you want to you certainly, you know, live your life and, mm. you know, reach a certain age and, and that, you know, I'm only, I'm only 54 now, so I want to continue a pretty good life.
0: Well, given that you averaged 21 games a year in your 12 years at Hawthorne, mm. you obviously didn't miss too many weeks recovering the next week. You, I mean, that was the custom then, wasn't it? Even though you were concussed, if you passed a pretty simple test, you were able to play the next week.
1: Yeah, very true, yeah, uh, got nothing to get. There's doctors at, uh, at Hawthorne, the head trainers at Hawthorne. They were very good. Um, you, you sort of knew when you got concussed in a sense of the game went very quickly. Um, you, know, you, you had stars in your eyes and things like that, but uh, you come off the ground and you know, um, because all that, the adrenaline's gone out of your body because you stopped playing, uh, I used to just sort of sit in the corner of the uh, the change rooms and, and uh, you know, vomit a bit and uh, finish up in hospital, go home, just have a rest. Oh, that's all. Oh
0: nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you
1: you're still suffering headaches, aren't you from oh, yeah,
0: the yeah. cumulative effect of those knocks
1: uh well it 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 could be um you know I'm not so, saying I've never had any tests about about the headaches, where, where they come from, but uh, that could be part of it. You know, it's uh, something you know, I might get, have to find out and get some more tests about where, where I'm at with, with the headaches. So you have
0: been tested, haven't you?
1: I have, yeah, with the, the AFL. The AFL um, contacted you? Yes, yeah, when the story came out a couple of years ago. Um, they were very good. Um, they got onto it straight away. I came in and uh, I was over on the Wednesday, Thursday. On the Wednesday, I went and saw the doctor, MRI, x-rays on the Wednesdays, and then on the, the, the Thursday, I had uh, the concussion test, you know, where they put you in a room and you ask these questions and remember this and remember that and give you words and puzzles and all sorts of things like that. So um, I think I passed it okay.
0: What did the scans show? I mean, the scans are the one, the neurological people. Yeah. That's their scientific data. Did they show anything
1: alarming? No. Um, what the doctor said to me, that uh, there's no, you know, grey spot up there, so... Uh, which is good. You know, they, that's the sort of thing which they're, they're looking at for for ongoing um, problems, dementia, you know, in the next whatever 10, 20 years. So look, I'm I'm happy that I've done the test in the mm-hmm. sense of I'd like to know now if there's any problems, and waiting 10, 15 years down the track to find out, you know, if I if I went and done this test 10 years ago, they would have found something then. But at the minute, you know, touch wood, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing okay. Are you scared? Oh, yeah, look, I'm scared, but, you know, we all get a bit old and we all start to forget a few <laughs> things and, and that. Look, I, suppose I don't want to joke about it, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I still want to, you know, have a life and have, you know, children have grandchildren and stuff like that, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's very important. I'm only 54. I still yeah. want to, you know, I think I've still got another 20-odd years left in me.
0: Now, I saw a lot of Hawthorne because you were such a good team when, when you were playing, but I reckon clearly the most... the worst of your concussions came in the 89 grand final.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: <clears throat> For, take us back. Do you, I don't know what you remember of that. It was it was the first quarter of the granny? Yeah. I yeah, can't remember
1: nothing of it. No, you can't? No. I can't remember driving to the game, getting changed before the game. I can't remember. Alan Jeans is one of his greatest speeches ever before the game. Um, you know, and uh, it was pretty scary, you know, just not remembering. I went, I finished up in hospital on the night. Sunday, I watched a replay and I couldn't remember what I did on the day, you know, on the in the first quarter. I think I got six or seven touches in the first quarter. <laughs> you are best on, weren't you? I was, I was best on, as I say, <laughs> coming up to the first <laughs> quarter. But after that, um, quarter quarter time came and, um, and you know, we go to the huddles, Hawthorne was there and Geelong was there and, and I started walking to the middle of the ground. And this is probably the scary part about it. Uh, um, Alan Jeans told um, Kenny Goddard, our, our head trainer then, to go and see how the Rat's going. And he came up to me and says, uh, Rat, what are you doing? I said, well... I'm going downstairs to have a shower to get ready for the motor cave, which was... Uh, on 24 the hours door. earlier. Yeah, so... And then I think they got the message in that, no, I was going nowhere, and I sat on the bench for the next three quarters and, you know, sat next to um, Gary Ayres, who I asked the same question over and over again. I sat next to Greg Madigan. Uh, I asked him the same question over and over again. So, to think of that, it uh, it, it was pretty scary.
0: Now, uh, mm-hmm. popular view is Gary Hocking... Um, collected you off the ball mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, behind the play obviously is that are you aware of that
1: uh, I'm not sure look as I said I can't remember the game and then i I, I watched the sort of the first quarter and I and I try to find out where actually I, I, I got belted but um, you know Dermot got smashed in the first five seconds of the game it was high tempo game um, you know there was blokes who had to get back from other things what happened during the year as well so uh, but in that first quarter I sort of watched it in four or five different uh, contests, when I was on the bottom of the pack, there was certainly some some exchange happening in in, in that first quarter. You
0: mean, did you think <clears throat> that they were targeting you?
1: Um, well, I, I just sort of heard about that later, you know, about <laughs> Dermot getting whacked, and they were look they were trying to get himself uh, maybe dipper to to a, to a uh, certain extent because Ablett fixed him up in the third quarter. So, but I know that um, that there was one with Dermot in the first first five seconds. That was
0: probably as brutal a game as I can remember. Yeah. The 89 grand final. Yes, it mean, was. It had, there were six points of difference at the end of it. Yep. The Hawks won by six points. I reckon if there had been a replay the next week there would have been eight changes in both teams. Oh, there
1: would have been, yeah. Um, you know, Gary Ayres did a thigh muscle, I was concussion. Dermot had uh, bruised ribs or cracked ribs, uh, Dipper punched lung, yeah. um, collapsed after the game. I think Michael Tuck had 17 stitches in his webbing of his hands. Gary Hocking had a broken jaw and a few Geelong blokes were a bit sore as well. So yeah. it would have been yeah, an enormous battle to get back up that, that same side which played that following week.
0: Now, I hope we're not doing injustice to, to Buddha, to Gary Hocking, no. but he lives in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. You live in Adelaide. Yep. Have you crossed paths with him? And have you ever bothered to ask him, was it he that whacked you on grand final day?
1: <laughs> We've crossed paths many a times, a great fella. Um, but, now nah, look, I... That happened back, you know, whatever, 20 odd years ago, and, and that was all what happened on the footy field. We don't sort of. So you're not interested to know whether it was him. Nah. No, nah. whatever happened on the ground stayed on the ground. I thought so. Okay. And that's okay. if it's if it's hurting someone or hurting someone or verbally, you know, talking to someone, I, I right. just leave it there.
0: You mentioned Dermot. Yeah. My memory is that Dermot used to ride shotgun for you. I mean, if <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he you were in his area, he would often. I say take out, but he was sort of certainly rough up the bloke who was hanging on to you. Yeah. There was one famous game, and I was there at this game. Melbourne were playing Hawthorne. Yes. Dean Chiron was tagging you. Yep. Uh, Dermot nearly killed Dean Chiron that day. Yeah,
1: he did, yeah. And um, (laughs) um, I suppose I'll be careful how I put it, but uh, it was a, a normal type of game. Chiron was tagging me, the normal thing. You get, you know, need in the guts, you get. Punched in the head and in the ribs, <laughs> and everything that that you get—that's all you get. So, and I suppose at this stage, I just probably had enough. You know, it's—you um, know—I'm a sort of bloke that, that when you're getting tagged, I put it in a positive to say that um, that I'm getting tagged because I'm the best player on the ground, which is great. You know, you're trying to you change it around. So on this day, I just got sick and tired of it. And I said to I said, "Mate, you reckon you could do me a favour? He said, "What's that, Rat?" He goes, "Can you if 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 um, if he comes next to me?" Um, if, if I draw him to you, do you reckon that you could just give him a bit of a, a knock around the head for me? He goes, right, you bring him down to full forward, and I'll smash him a bits. So away <laughs> we went. We did I shouldn't all that. Be laughing at this. No, and um, so I had a bad day. You know, he builded me from pillar to post. So I finished up down at the full forward line, and then all of a sudden, I feel this gust of wind go past me at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I turn around, and there's Dean on laying on the ground, and it was he it was in a bad sort of way. And uh, and and I turned around. And I said, "Oh, thank God for that! Thanks, Dermot. You did well. I think he got carried off on the stretcher." Dermot got Dermot got five weeks did, for yeah. it, and uh, I think I finished up winning winning the three boats on the day and winning the Brownlow that year. So it was very very nice. <laughs> Happy ending. Happy except ending. For, yes. Except for Dean
0: Chiron. Yes. I Yes, I, I vividly remember that and how how sick <laughs> Chiron was at the finish. I mean, it was it was as if every part inside of him was sort of wobbling around. Yeah. Such was the impact from Dermot.
1: Yeah, look, and that's what happened back in those days. Like, you you don't condone it, you know, all I wanted to do was just uh, knock him off and mm. tell him that, you know, look out, I'm right behind you type thing because um, it does get frustrating at times being tagged every week but yep. uh, it was a part of the game that I had to work on really hard, being super fit so that maybe halfway through the, th- the third quarter I could run them off their feet and that's you what d- Alan Jeans used to say to me all the time. He said, hang in there, Rat, just keep running, just keep find the ball because halfway th- th- uh, in the third quarter they'll be falling off you, so... That's you had amazing
0: up. endurance, didn't you? Was that natural or did you just work on that over the summer?
1: Uh, I was probably... It was natural, I think. I think um, growing up as a kid, I played every sport. You know, I i, um, I loved to, to be out in the in, on whatever field it was, cricket field, basc- basketball, um, soccer, rugby, whatever I did at school, I was out there. Um, I did uh, little athletics when I was growing up as well and I was good at uh, sprinting and long-distance running. And uh, I suppose if you... If you've got a little bit of skill level as well in football and you take it to the next level and you keep your fitness up, um, you know, it's something which, which I, I, I had to do being so, so little, so small, so light. It was also to have the pace as well. How heavy were you when you played your first game for Central Districts? Oh, it was back in 1981. i just turned 18 and I was 61 kilos. <laughs> and my father said to me, he said, uh, he said, John, you should be a jumps jockey. You, you shouldn't be out there playing <laughs> footy because you're going to get belted. So I said, Dad, I said, look, I just wanted to play footy, so it was great. Well, it would have been pretty competitive at home, wouldn't it, with nine kids? Oh, it was. You know, that's probably why I probably grew up as, you know, as a pretty strong header because, you know, my brothers used to kick the footy and, you, and I used to run from this end they kicked kick the ball down this end and they run down that and They would never kick it to me. Mm-hmm. So, but... When it was dinner time, they used to kick the ball out of the fence, so I had to run and go get the, the ball because that's the only time i will get a touch. And by the time I came back in to get meal, all my meal was gone as well. So that's how we were back that's in the That's why you were 61, KG. That geez. was it,
0: yeah. Let's, let's turn back to the Taggers. I want to show you a photo from a game Hawthorne played the then Footscray, uh, and this is you oh. late in the game. Now, that's, yeah. a, that, that's a terrible photo in the context of that happening to someone playing sport. You were being tagged that day by
1: Tony Libertore. I was, Did yes. Liber do that? Um, yeah, I'm not sort of do- trying to dob him in, but that's what he probably did to, a, to quite a few blokes. But uh, um, I reckon it was my last year, 97, and uh, I remember this day. It was out at Western Oval, and Terry Wallace was the coach. I played with Terry at Hawthorne mm-hmm. in 86. We won a premiership together. And um, and uh, I I was getting tagged by Liber. Halfway through the second quarter, he, he'd he build me yeah, lots of times and... What and, does belted me mean? Oh, like, you know, we, you know, you get the ball and you get whacked in the, in the guts and you get pushed in the back and you get kneed and you get um, whatever, you know, across the face and you might finish up with a couple of scratches around your eyes and backs and black eyes and things like that. So, so, um, so there he was, and it was halfway through the second quarter and I've had a quarter and a half of it. I said, Libba, I said, the ball's there, why don't you go get it? <laughs> he said, Rat, he said, Terry told me to make sure that Platten doesn't get a kick. And every time I get a kick, I've got to earn it. So he did. So um, at this stage, as I said, you know, it was last year of my... Probably the last year at Hawthorne, uh, playing against uh, Footscray at Western Oval. And I sort of played the game pretty hard. I thought I was always a pretty clean sort of player. So um, on this day, he's building me. On this day, the ball's gone away. and, And I've just got so frustrated. And I turned around... And I swung a fist, which is very uncharacteristic mm. of what, what I do on the footy field. And I actually got him, I got him on the bottom of his eye here, and I opened him up, and there was all blood coming off from his eye. So I looked at him, and I said, wow, did I do that? <laughs> you know, I you know, give myself high fives and <laughs> shake it up. And so he's gone off, and I said, get off and get it, you know, you're stitched up, and, you know, I've had enough of you in the, over the last two quarters, you know, I'll see you after half time. And he's sort of saying, yeah, I'll get you, rat, you look out. And so he did. And then in the last quarter, I was head over the ball, and he's come in at 100 miles an hour with legs and arms and knees and clicking. Sure, so those stubby and,
0: little black legs. Yeah, there.
1: and yeah. to me right here. I finished up having ten stitches, and that's that's part of the Gee. the blood. So, did you get reported? No, no, no. fish didn't get reported. No. So and how did you, a, when,
0: when that game finished? Yeah. What's your feeling towards a Libba in that context? Do you say that's the jungle? That's that's, that's jungle law. Yeah. And you're yeah. okay.
1: That's fine. Yeah. Now we we. I see him at Brownlow's dinners, um, um, Hall of Fame dinners, and we sit next to each other, we talk about it. Mm. We, yeah, we you know, respect each other because um, that's, that, that was part of his game. Yeah, you know? mm. still a great player, won a Brownlow medal. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we talk about the old days and that's part of the old days. Was he,
0: was he the most difficult opponent oh, yeah. of the regular opponents? Yeah, yeah. him,
1: um, you know, there was you know, hockey in his early days. Um, then Gary Hocking, yeah. yeah um, then Busey. Yep. He, at stages, even the state games, Busey tagged me. Um, Chris Bond, he was another yeah. one from Carlton, who was early tagging. Dean Sharon from Melbourne. So, uh, you know, Clarko as well. Asler Clarkson. Yeah. He used to yeah. tag me when he was playing at North. North, yeah. North and stand on my toes and pinch me and and built me and verbally get into me. And uh, it was great. It was Did great it ever fun.
0: break your spirit? Did you think... At seven-day intervals, you're going out and you're having to contend with all this attention just because you wanted to play a game of football?
1: No, I loved it. I think I love the challenge. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, growing up in a big family, it was a challenge there to, you know, to live your life and, and love it. And, and the challenge was just to get out there every week to play your best because I loved the game.
0: Dermot yeah. has said, I think to you, but certainly said publicly, that he rated you as the most important player in those Hawthorne teams.
1: Yeah, it's something pretty nice from Dermot. So, uh, yeah, cost me a lot of money to say that. To give that. <laughs> Talking about money,
0: <coughs> let's go back to the early 80s. Yep. This is my understanding. Yep. You've signed an agreement to play with Hawthorne. In 81, yes. 81, <coughs> was it? That was 81, yeah. Okay. Then the Blues, Carlton, Cummer, Hunting in South Australia. 84. They secure Kernahan, Yep. Bradley. Yep. And Motley. Yep. And they want platinum. Yeah. John Elliott, the then president, lays 20K on the table, 20 grand in front of you. You take it. Yep. Why didn't you end up playing for
1: Carlton? (laughs) Oh, I suppose it's a a great story. Um, And John Elliott's still after the 20 grand, actually, every time I see (laughs) him at a function. (laughs) He needs it more now. (laughs) He does, yeah. But, uh, no, I suppose uh, growing up as an 18-year-old kid and... uh, my, my first year at Central Districts playing 21 of the 22 games, I was pretty lucky to get sought after, after those sort of years. And Hawthorne came over and they thought that, uh, you know, Platten's not a bad kid and, you know, from a big family. Hawthorne's from a family club. We spoke and uh, we, I signed an agreement with Hawthorne back in 81. Was that legal? Um, well, it's sort of what I can think of now back in those days. The agreement was that I couldn't go to any other club within that three years. But, you know, I didn't really want to go to Melbourne until I, you know, played 100 games with Central mm. Districts, hopefully win one of their first premierships, which we didn't do, play state football. So that was the mindset back in, in the early 80s, you know. Kernaghan, Bradley and Motley and McGuinness, all these blokes had the same same um, mentality to stay mm-hmm. in South Australia, to play 100 games for your state... Uh, for, your, ..for your local team, sorry, play state football and hopefully win a premiership. And you won a McGeary medal. Yeah, in 84. So, the agreement was I couldn't do nothing until end of 84. So Did they pay you for that, Hawthorne? Oh, I think they might have gave me $1,000. OK. Yeah. OK. So, in 84 came, i just won McGarry Medal, which is a Sanford medal over in, in Adelaide, and um, and they just signed up Coonaghan, Bradley and Motley. Ian Collins and John Elliott came over to Adelaide and uh, I got a phone call saying, look, we're in town, we want to speak to you, knowing that I was a Carlton supporter growing up mm. as a kid. I was a big Carlton supporter. And then... Uh, So, I've gone up to uh, to see uh, John and Ian, and uh, I had a manager at that stage then, uh, Bobby Zarella. We went up to the room there, and there was Big Jack and Ian Collins. And We said, Look, John, we think you're a great player. We want you to come and play for the the greatest club in the world, Carlton Football Club. He said, We just signed up Coonaghan, Bradley and Motley, and you're the last piece of the puzzle. So okay, so they offered me eight thousand dollars. So um, to sign. To sign. Yep. And I thought, well, that's a lot of money for a kid from Elizabeth. Mm. So mm. Uh, and I had that spent just like that. Yeah. So I looked at Bobby, and uh, Bob said, look, um, no, he doesn't want eight thousand dollars, and uh, he wants twenty thousand dollars. So I've looked at Bobby, and I've given the thumbs up, and, <laughs> which is great because twenty thousand dollars was a yeah. lot of money for a kid from Elizabeth. So. Uh, this is 1984. Four. Yeah. And uh, so they gave me $20,000 and... In cash? Um, I'm not sure what it was, but I finished up with a nice Peter Brock Holden Commodore. So it was <laughs> very nice because I like my fast cars. So, so when it. you <coughs> then, when you ultimately
0: said to Carlton, no, yeah. I'm not coming, I'm going to Hawthorne. Yeah. What was the reaction from Princess Park? Uh,
1: it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't very nice. Uh, I, had, uh, I played one more year at Central Districts in '85. I uh, played 100 games there then and hoping to win that first premiership with Central's, which I, which I didn't get. So, end of 85, I had to make a choice between Hawthorne and Carlton because I think the agreement with what Carlton gave me wasn't bind to the VFL back in those days. So, um, Hawthorne found out about it, so showed him the contract and said, no, it's not true. And I'll probably, at the end of the day, Hawthorne showed the most interest in me. And I thought that... Uh, Hawthorne was a better club for me in the sense of Lee Matthews had just retired in '85, and it was you know, a great opportunity for me to step in after uh, Lee Matthews. Opportunities were greater as being the number one rover. So um, so that's what happened. So I had to ring Ian Collins and tell him that, no, look, I've made a decision. I want to go to Hawthorne. And then he said straight away, we want add $20,000 back. <laughs> and I said to him, you can't have it because it's sitting in my driveway. So, <laughs> so um, then we had to go to court. Was the... that over the money or was that over where you played? Well, it was probably a, probably a bit of both. You know, mm. I'm not sure what the, the contract binder was, and you know, I didn't go through the legal side of things. All I wanted to do was to play footy for Hawthorne Footy Club.
0: Even though you were a passionate Carlton supporter? I was, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But I, as I said, you know, Lee Matthews just retired. What a huge hole it left um, Hawthorne Football Club. They, just, they won 83 grand final, lost 84, 85. Um, an era where a few blokes retired and, and it was a great time to, to rejoin Hawthorne to, you know, hopefully win a premiership, which we did in that year. So um, I rang in Kynes, I said, I want to go to Hawthorne. And he goes, well, we want a 20 grand back, you can't have it. And uh, so I had to go to court. So I did all the pre-season with Hawthorne in 86. We won the uh, night premiership against Carlton and my first game leading up to my first mm. BFL game was a game against Carlton. Your first VFL game, was Fairfield. First, VFL, first yeah. VFL game in 1986.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. they go after you? I mean, Jack, as in Elliot, mm. I think he would have said to a few of the heavier Carlton boys, uh, sort this bloke out. He owes us 20
1: grand and he yeah. turned his back on us. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Look, I, I think I did okay playing on the you day. You had 24
0: positions okay. Yeah, day. so
1: my first game. So I was excited and wanted to play for the Hawks. And I think we won that as well. So um, it, was a, it was a fairly good year for us because we finished up beating them again in the grand final in 86. um, Good decision. Yes. Did you ever have any
0: difficulty rationalising the fact that you took their 20 grand and you didn't play for
1: them? Did that cause you any moral dilemma? Oh, it crossed my mind once or twice, but at the same time it was, uh, you know, as I said, it was a contract I don't think would bind into the VFL back in those days. So, look, they gave me the 20 grand, I drove a nice (laughs) Peter Brock Commodore and uh, happy with it. When we come back from the break,
0: John, an easy one. I want you to pick between Brereton and Dunstall. You've won a Brownlow and a McGarry, so yep. the umpires obviously love the way you played. And there's the photo of your triumph oh, wow. uh, on Brownlow night with Plugger Locker.
1: Yeah, it's did, great memories. Did you ever whack anyone?
0: Did you ever do anything that you thought should warrant a report?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. No, look, I, I did get one game for, for striking... Um, Greg Anderson for the Crows one day. So we played against the Crows and I just thought nothing of it and I went down to sort of smother the ball and my elbow actually connected his uh, <laughs> his chin. Was it accidental or not? It, well, oh, well, I thought it was because he finished up getting the ball out and kicking the ball and it went out of bounds it was, and it was pretty much play on from there. And then I got a call in to the to the footy club on the Monday morning from John Hawke. He said, look, uh, Rat, you've been sighted on video that you've uh, elbowed um, Greg Anderson. Greg Anderson. Mm. So... I looked at the video, I said, oh, man, I can't remember even doing it. And thinking that, you know, by then I think I played 200 games and uh, won a McGarry, won a Brownlow, won a few premierships, and, you know, getting tagged week in and week out and never wins much and and that. And then I'm thinking, oh, look, I'm safe as houses here, I should be okay." And uh, I walk out there and I get one game. I was was devastated. Mm. So that's probably the only time. And then the only time was against Liber and... Look, that was just a heat of the moment and something which I've probably never done in my footy career. But at times there, yeah, you had thoughts of, of whacking a few blokes. But <laughs> I left that with
0: Dermot. With and the big boys, Deborah yeah. Talking Erzie. about Dermot, you played with two of the great forwards, the great key forwards that we've seen yeah. in the modern era, Dermot Brereton and Jason Dunstall. Yeah. If you're picking your best team and there's only one spot left oh. for a key forward, oh. Dunstall and Brereton... Who do
1: you pick? Oh, wow, that's a tough question. I, I love them both. Um, I suppose while well, I was here in in um, playing for Hawthorne, I, you know, Jason was probably one of my, my my best mates. We used to do a lot of things together. Uh, Dermot was a great uh, a great bloke around the around the footy ground because you know that he'll do things and for you and and love you to bits. What about could I have uh, one of them? for the first half and the other one on the second half. <laughs> I knew you'd okay? back out of this.
0: <laughs> your 250th game was a huge highlight, wasn't yeah. it? You played very well in it. Um, you were carried off by your Hawthorne teammates. Yeah. And it's a major achievement, particularly more so then. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is that Tony Woods? Tony Woods and, and uh, Daniel Harford, Harford. yeah. yeah. carrying him off, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, I remember that day. Yes. You, uh, you,
1: you were... A long kick for a little bloke, but you, you barreled a couple that day, didn't you? I did. I think I kicked three outside 50 metres. So, you know 250. What you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very special day, you know. And it's a game against Port Adelaide, you know, an Adelaide game as well. So um, I was pumped up for it, and my 250th, and um, it was yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. my mother was there, my auntie was there, so um, yeah, it was it was great. So I uh, had a really really good day. Uh, I think it was about 10 seconds out. I took a mark outside 50, and I thought, you know what, I've had a pretty good day, and I'm going to kick a big, big torpedo. And, and it actually did. went through. Yeah. yeah. Still going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you wore number 44 throughout mm. your career at Hawthorne. Yeah. Was there
1: any special significance to that? Uh, no, not really. Um, probably, I, I, I got it when I played at Central Districts back in the, in the Sandfall League, and I remember going up to, um, to my first league game and. Even then, I don't think the, um, the property steward for Centrals knew who I was <laughs> back in those days in, in 1981. It was the second round in, and for Centrals in '81, and uh, there was a jumper hanging up on the hook and sort of went up to him. He says, yes, son, what are you, what are you <laughs> after? I said, look, I'm John Platton. It's my first league game. And he looked up and he's, oh, yes, you're number 44. yep, no worries. So I stuck with that. It was good to me back in Adelaide. And then when I came to Melbourne... Um, Alan Jeans offered me the number three jumper. Did he really? Yeah. Because Lee had just retired. He did, yeah. yeah. And I sort of said, I'm not sure who wore number three because I was a Carlton supporter. So I left it as that. And they said, oh, look, we have got number three for you. Um, but I said, look, nah, look, I'm not sure if number three will fit on my back, but I'd love to wear number 44. <laughs> you were a star, mate. And, and I think
0: it's fair to say that supporters of every club, supporters of the game, loved what you did. You were so brave and so persistent in what you did and, and so efficient. Great to see you, mate. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. This has been a production of Fox Sports.